Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. And I did not leave my cocaine in the White House. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. And I did not leave my cocaine in the White House. All right, good. We'll cross you off the list. Did you guys see the it's video? A very, very long list of uh, Hunter Biden. Uh, allegedly, I guess it was like July Fourth, so some sort of Independence Day fireworks or whatever. There was video of him up with the Bidens, right, Dad and Jill Biden, and some kids or whatever. And he's like pinching his nose and going like putting his hand through his hair, real like scratching his face. Yeah, he's like getting all kind of crazy. <laughs> and I think I tasted cinnamon and eggs. <laughs> People who know these things, I don't know a lot about cocaine, but the people who know a lot about cocaine said it looks like he was on cocaine. A little crackhead behavior, perhaps? No. (laughs) Can't imagine. Yeah, well, we've already talked. We we did discuss about the uh, cocaine issue earlier this week, and uh, suffice it to say, they are not going to prosecute uh, Hunter Biden (laughs) Uh, uh, for the cocaine. What would happen to any of us if some, you know, official person... Found a baggie of cocaine, like in our house or in our place of business, or or anything like that. Yeah, there would be a full investigation. Mm -hmm. Multiple agencies would be called in. Your local police would be all about like, well, we discovered some narcotics today at your local blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. There'd be an article about it in your local rag. They take a picture of themselves in front of the baggie on a table with like. $2 $2 that they found in your wallet, and then they'd share that on social media and yeah. act really proud of themselves. Yeah. Uh, so, so why isn't that happening in the white powder house? Hmm. It's almost like they're above the law. Well, they did say the uh, lady that's the spokesperson, spokes bureaucrat for the White House, she was being interviewed or being asked questions. Did on, she wipe the white powder out from under her nose? No, she didn't. She spoke. But uh, they, they asked her... If you identify who the culprit is, will there be charges filed? And she says, we're not going to speculate. I think so, they already know. Right. The answer wasn't yes, yeah. so therefore the answer is no. Right. So right? here's here's what I'd like to know. Why on earth are we talking about this? I don't know. Captain like, started it. What? No, no. I mean, and I don't mean us three. Okay. No, I mean everyone. Like, number one, do you honestly think this is the first time that someone has found some drugs in the White House? No, but they did report it, which makes it unusual. Why right. the why now, law enforcement came out with this press release or however it was revealed. That might be worth talking about. Why are they why are they reporting it? Mm-hmm. Could it be because they're attempting to distract us from important things? Such uh, as maybe what uh, else? Well, gee, maybe a banking collapse, maybe the uh, imminent threat of nuclear war, mm-hmm. you know, things that could matter. Matter possibly oh cbdc's ai you know could be species threatening one, one things, of the things you know. that i've noticed about government the organization mm-hmm. and it's not just u.s governments it's global governments is they kind of have to do the same thing that like pop stars do hmm. take mcdonough for example i mean madonna uh every you know i don't know four eight years something like that she has to do something that's that's called reinventing herself, mm. right? And she's not the only artist to have done this. She's not the only actor, or, you know, famous person to have done this. They, they, what they do is they purposely uh, talk to like their PR people, their agents, or whatever, and they're like, "How can we remain in the news?" 
Mm-hmm. Right, Remaining mm-hmm. in the news is a top priority of any of these people, mm-hmm. and governments do the exact same thing that these Hollywood people do. I don't know why, but they do it. And and this is just one of those things. They're like, well, we got to make sure we're we're still in the news, or they're people will in somehow the news, forget. Though. Right. So their strategy is effective. I don't know, man. I, the news is absolutely obsessed with politics. They're absolutely obsessed That's with what true. politicians do. And, I don't think that they and have to Hollywood lift a people too. Look at tabloids. Yeah, Look at, right. So, like, I mean, there is a parallel to be drawn between these two entities. Well, they oh, have yeah. said that politics and politicians definitely the same kind of an entity. They've said that uh, politics is Hollywood for ugly people. Well, and part of it is that they both tend to be above the law. Well, mm. the, politics does have a homeliness problem. Big That's time. true. Not a homeless problem. A homeliness yeah, yeah, problem. Big time. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you ever see where they took the senators from the United States and they used AI or whatever and they took... <laughs> the they, amalgam? Yeah, yeah. They took like all hundred senators. I think they did actually... Yeah, I think they did one for all hundred and then they did for like the 50 Republicans and the 50 Democrats and they just combined them all together into one face. And it is the most horrific, ugly, like movie monster, murderer kind of face that you could possibly imagine. In the case of OnlyFans, according to uh, one website, and I've seen similar claims elsewhere, the average content creator on OnlyFans only makes $150 to $180 per month, which also requires Mm -hmm. a lot of work. So this isn't just they're just dropping one nudie photo on there a month and getting $100. I don't know how much they have to create in order yeah. to get that level of Yeah, I wonder what their uh, their daily interaction is. If it, is. Is it daily? Is it multiple times a day? That's a good question. Uh, yeah. And remember, the average is being brought up by the super fan, superstars or whatever who sure. are making hundreds of thousands. The biggies are pushing that average up. So uh, what's like the media? Music. Right? What's the median? What are half? Yeah. You know, so I don't know what those numbers are. Yeah, and, it's not very good. And because of the nature of the Pareto principle, and this applies to all sorts of things. It uh, applies to the size of stars. It applies to the size of cities. Like just all sorts of things that, like, as it gets bigger, it gets bigger faster. So that's why you have the vast majority of OnlyFans people making little or nothing, and then a handful of people who are like, "Oh, here's one of my farts for five for fifty thousand dollars." <laughs> right. Here's yeah. my bathwater for ten thousand right. dollars. And people see that and they yeah. say, "Well, I'd rather do that than do whatever job I'm working at." And they try to jump in, but by that time, the market it's already saturated mm-hmm. with people who are doing the exact same thing. And yep. even if you are a pretty lady or a handsome man, you've got a lot of other pretty ladies and handsome men in the world that are competing with you. So it is tough. And now you add to that. AI generated people. Right. Yeah. Okay. We just talked about how Levi's is bringing AI models into their business, and the same things happening on OnlyFans and these other sites where some dork in his basement who knows how to do stable diffusion AI uh, graphics generation is able to cook up a character of like some pretty blonde girl mm-hmm. that doesn't actually exist that mm-hmm. is essentially flawless because. Yep. She's not real. Yeah. Tell her, you know, tell the AI, put her in a, you know, pink bikini or she's on a beach or wherever, right? Like, and it can do mm-hmm. all of these things. And then they just have to act like they're the girl right. on the OnlyFans, hook up their bank account, and they can make it's kind of you know, like you don't need video of whatever. it. Whatever. It's kind of like coming. The, those, uh, those investigators from like, uh, 
uh, how does it uh, where they they try and catch the child predators online or whatever Mm -hmm. like when those guys don't have anything else to do that's gonna be their job they're gonna have to (laughs) impersonate a pretty lady uh shadow you know style on OnlyFans. So that's happening. It's well, happening now. Well, and in this particular case, uh, it's even worse because the way that we're geared is to appreciate the average more than any actual example. And, and this is old, old research. This is before we had anything like AI to, to do the amalgamations. When you say we appreciate the average, yes. what do you mean? So, so they, they would get a, yes, human beings. Yeah. So they would get like, uh, they would get like a handful of pictures of like, uh, for example, people who had won the Miss Universe contest or okay. something like that. So like uh, the, the winners of some beauty contest or another and have people judge the individual ones. And in the stack of ones that they were, you know, rating, they would have one who was a an amalgamation of all of those faces. Mm. And always, every single time, that one would be rated higher than any of the other individuals. Yeah, this is a this is a I've heard it from the male uh, perspective. So that is to say that uh, the more attractive a woman is, the less she gets asked out because. Well, uh, people are intimidated. Well, people are intimidated, and, you know, it's about attainability, right? Mm-hmm. Men feel like the hotter the girl, the less attainable. Oh, she's with somebody, or she's above my, you know, my weight class, or way whatever it is, right? way out of my league, that yeah. kind of a thing. And so uh, the majority of men will sort of regress towards the mean, right? The average, if you will, because the average girls are seem, at least to them, more attainable. attainable. We do have Frank on the line in Michigan here. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Frank. Hey, guys, I want to talk about uh, a little bit about Stefan Molyneux and specifically his video, The Story of Your Enslavement. Oh, I, I love yeah. that Anybody video. See yeah. That? yeah, no, that's that's pre-cancer Molyneux, man. That's where stuff, he had yeah. had the most impact, I think, particularly on bringing people out of the fog of statism. Yeah, I uh, I wasn't sure. If I, you know, I was hoping that you guys had, had seen it and were aware of it because it, uh, I think it it perfectly explains the history of really humans and, and uh, slavery and the current state of human enslavement with mm-hmm. the, the tax structure and, and human cattle, as he calls them, and the, the farmers being, you know, the government people. To see the and, farm uh, is to leave the farm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, just a quick shout out is uh, the truth about uh, insert historical figure like uh, Abraham Lincoln. Mwah. Yeah, he's got a whole Beautiful. series of the truth about this, that and the other thing, <laughs> like insert, you know, the truth about blank. He's yep. got like a series and, and of hundreds of, those, of episodes. I mean, a lot of those are, are not as good as some of the other ones, yeah. but the ones about the historical figures, uh, Gandhi, uh, Abraham Lincoln, are just incredible. I Some of the, like I got into Molyneux early on uh, in the old YouTube days when YouTube was not owned by Google and would serve you up something relevant to what you just mm-hmm. watched. This was before they shut him down <laughs> yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, long before cancer and all that kind of thing. Uh, it was about the same time I started Which watching. I didn't think is uh, listening to Free Talk Live pre-Trump Molyneux. Yes, oh, definitely, God. definitely pre-Trump Molyneux, or, or as they call him now, Wallyneux. Build the wall. Oh no! Yeah. What happened to him? Yeah, um, but like if <laughs> you could go Trump derangement syndrome, I don't, I don't, of, of a variety. I don't know if it still exists, but he had some early YouTube videos. Like he started out just doing these monologues in his car on his uh-huh. way home from work. Right. Right. And then he transitioned that into uh, doing these. He had like an easel with like a paper version of a whiteboard with like paper he'd drawn and then he'd flip the page when moving on from subject to subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those videos with the easel and, and like the whiteboard kind of thing on it are some of the best 
uh, explanations of anarchy I have ever seen in my life. Uh, you know, I, I'll put him on the same level as I do, like Larkin Rose, with his ability to make very poignant analogies about anarchism and and what it means and what the definition is and why it is a naturally occurring thing and why it it is a human experience universally. Like we are all anarchists most of the time mm -hmm. and so if you can find i don't know like how back how far back his youtube library goes these days but back in the day i think day, they took him off youtube but back in the day you used to be able to go two three four years back into his you know upload history and find some of these really like unique 30 minute bits the 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 video the callers talk about frank i believe is mm -hmm. the caller's yeah, name frank. uh is i think universally heralded by anarchist people as like one of the great uh, tools that we have to show to other people to get them to wake the. Yeah, that's a good up. explainer for sure. Yeah. No doubt about it. Uh, what else, Frank? Yeah. Well, yeah, I I, I tried to look at, look for it on uh, on YouTube today. I haven't I haven't watched it in quite a long time, and mm -hmm. I tried to look up stuff on Molyneux, and I guess I hadn't realized that you know I, I haven't really been following him super close lately, but I didn't realize he was banned from YouTube, and uh, I, it is on there under an, shocking. I know. Channel. Yeah, you can find it, but uh, it. Uh, uh, he's one of the great, I think, libertarian thinkers. And I, I looked up his Wikipedia page just to see what they had to say about him. And he, they, they uh, just roundly trash him on Wikipedia. His bio is ridiculous. So I don't know if you feel like getting having some interesting reading and check out his Wikipedia uh, biography. And uh, yeah, he's, he's a white he's, nationalist. And uh, he's written a series things. of books too. One of the ones that I read was called "Universally Universally Preferable Behavior." And it's right. it's basically right. like how do you achieve a sense of morality without being religious, right? Without subscribing to like Christianity or Buddhism or something like that. And it turns out that most cultures uh, on planet Earth, human cultures, recognize the same things: don't hit people and don't take their stuff, right? They recognize those two things as being wrong, as being morally reprehensible, uh, as being sort of against the tribe or against the culture. And so it's just a you know a longer explanation of that. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Did you say, Frank, that he is a white nationalist now? No, no, that's what Wikipedia claims. Okay, okay, because yeah. uh, I, I have not seen any evidence of him being a white nationalist. Uh, okay, the closest Wikipedia. I've ever seen was uh, he's a, what they call a race realist. He does talk frequently about the uh, disparities in IQ between races. Unfortunately, what happened to Cell 411 is the creator of that app, who was a Free Talk Live listener, and a, I think he was a free stater. He certainly came to Porkfest a lot. He came down on some hard personal times. He, you know, his wife was divorcing him, right? So, like, that kind of threw him for a loop, and he wasn't able to focus on the app's development. It kind of fell to the wayside. And unfortunately, what happens with these apps is you got to keep it up. Unfortunately, even though the app was working when he kind of abandoned ship, they keep changing the like whatever APIs or systems or I don't know how to I'm not a programmer so yeah. I can't describe it, but you know, like the guts of Android mm -hmm. keeps changing and so you have to keep updating these apps in order to kind of keep up with the Joneses and keep your app in a functional capacity and that just wasn't being done uh for roughly 2 years. So when the creator of the app contacted uh, me and uh, the Shire Free Church and said, hey, you know, I'm in bad shape. If you want to save this thing, then here's what you got to do. And we had to put up some money to pay off his programmers and got it done. And we got the source code to uh, to sell 411 and uh, nobody who's our 
uh, sometime co-host here on Free Talk Live, wanted to take the reins and uh, he's an old school programmer who's done a lot of programming in the past. He has been he's a little rusty. He hasn't been doing much programming up until this point, but he took it over and he learned Android uh, coding and he got in there and and really cranked away on this for the last couple of years. Unfortunately, he's been getting burned out on it. It's not a one man task. It used to have two Indian guys programming the thing at one time. So he's been asking for help. And uh, and I just you know, I put it out there in a in a big way because he was getting pretty frustrated a couple weeks ago on this. And luckily, some people have stepped in uh, who seem cool. to be interested in helping. I don't know how much help they've given yet. I don't know where things stand, but I hope that at some point we can see Cell 411 come back to, to well, existence, number one, and then hopefully some moments of prominence yeah. and, uh, and use because mm-hmm. right now it is essentially completely broken so if you find that that is a cool sounding concept you know if you're out there listening to this and you are a programmer type and you know how to program for android or apple and you want to assist with this it's an open source project now which was my main concern with cell 411 before was the other guy that was the original creator of it he believed that it should not be open source that it was his idea and you know his code and some people are that way and uh and so the thing that we did first was we open sourced the code. So now anybody can contribute to this. Anyone can fork the code. They can start their own project or whatever. Not that there seems like a big demand for that, but it is it is there now. And people who want to help with Cell 411, go to getcell411.com. That's the same old website. Uh, I've taken down the main front page. The old front page used to just kind of pitch Cell 411. You're like, here's what it does. Now it's like, we need help. Here's right. how Here's how you can help. There's a video there that'll show you sort of the way it used to be, the way Cell 411 worked. It's uh, Pete Ayer from copblock.org doing like a six-minute, basically in-depth walkthrough of exactly all the cool features of Cell 411. It's like, this could exist again. Mm. You know, we still have the code for it. It's just we need to have people who know what they're doing yep. uh, working on this project. And Yeah, and uh, just a couple of things about that. So I, I've used it. Um, mm-hmm. I've even used it in a potentially dangerous scenario, and it was really, really nice because, like, uh, you know, there there were a, a couple of guys chasing this one lady and like not letting her into her car. And I, you know, got their attention long enough for her to get in and drive off. And then they start walking up towards me, mm. you know, pop the little thing on my uh, cell 411 saying there's a dangerous situation. Uh, fortunately, I was able to, uh, you know, calm things down and get them to go away. That's but, good. Uh, you know, within a couple of minutes, someone who I and this was very, very shortly after I'd uh, after I'd gotten to the free state. Uh, was you know on the scene hmm. ready to like you know help out with a with a situation that's pretty so, cool yeah and uh another time like i'd uh you know managed to got, get locked out of my car and uh you know hit that and again had someone show up mm-hmm. um I, I mean this really is the technology for the answer to the question well what are you going to do without police and it was amazing to see that turns out people want to help yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, and you have options here, right? So you can send it out to all of your friends, mm-hmm. or if you are paying for a security company, or heck, maybe you have a couple of security companies, you can pick which cell you want to send this to. Mm-hmm. And be like, you know what? I'm going to try out the new security company for this particular thing, see how they respond. And it, it emphasizes, as an app, it emphasizes the importance of community. Right. Um, coming from the West Coast, tsunamis earthquakes right that's you know natural disasters like i can see cell 411 being of absolute 
immense value in those situations, far more than police are ever going to be. We have Conejo on the line in FEMA Region 13. Conejo, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hi there. Um, I called in for a specific uh, reason, but first I wanted to apologize to Ricky from the Commonwealth. Um, I did an impersonation of him like a week ago, and he seemed to be offended. And uh, it actually was a compliment. I enjoy him as a character and a person. I just want to get that out of the way. That's you meant kind. it as the greatest form of flattery. but uh... Exactly. All right. So, Ricky, I think you're great. In fact, he just got he put on hold, so he might have heard you, oh, you uh, summoned him. If he was, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what else were you calling about, Kaneha? Oh, I was, uh, I was actually calling um, in to respond to one of your recent frequent callers. I mm-hmm. think his name is uh, Scat Eater. Oh goodness, no. Skippy Skeeter, Skeeter, Skeeter. Eater. Skeeter. I'm sorry, yeah. Scat Eater, Skeeter. Um, he keeps think, bringing think up children. Skeeter. Yeah, as you know, like a sort pest. of a, a blood sucking yeah. insect, right? Oh, muscat m- m- eating sucking. All right, we get uh, it. We get it. Go on with the with anyway, your. Um, <clears throat> what bring up uh, children? How the non-aggression principle fails on that? Um, and uh, just to summarize it, children have rights. They're just in trust to their parents. Yes, now, the parents can violate those rights. But also the children can assert their rights. They just have to prove that they're ready for them. Mm -hmm. And that's what, I mean, there's two types of rights. There's rights, R-I-G-H-T-S, and there's R-I-T-E-S. So if that child wants to assert their rights, they go through a right, R-I-T-E, to prove that they're ready for it. Like a rite of passage? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So with rights come responsibilities. If you can prove that you've got the responsibilities, then you get to exercise those rights of your own volition. I like what and you're saying a whole bunch, and I think that uh, for the people who are listening that don't consider themselves voluntarists, pay attention because you have not yet gone through the right. Yeah, That's there's right. a lot of adult children out there. Too many. Oh, yeah. sure. um, seems to be getting worse and worse. But Oh, yeah. The, the system is very, very clearly designed to extend adolescence as long and as completely as possible. Well, the state wants you to be a child, uh, so you will look out for uh, it to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those children might not have uh, proven that they're ready to exercise their own rights and that they still have to be in a trust, essentially, with adults. Um, by By default, the parents... Uh, parents are often the mo- are, are often the most likely people to uh, violate those rights, whether great or small. But that doesn't change the fact that children have rights; they're in trust, and children always have the right r i g h t to assert their rights and prove that through rights r i t e s. Okay, makes sense to me. Yeah, in the in in the world that uh, that we are trying to bring about, I could certainly see someone suing their parents and saying, "Hey, when you, for example, circumcised me, mm. uh, you were not acting in my best interest." And a jury would then uh, determine if that was correct and what the parents then owed their child for uh, violating that trust. If parents were held responsible for that particular act, I think we would see a major shift into it being very unpopular mm-hmm. as opposed to incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Children can't consent, but they can assert their rights always and test to see if they're ready for them. So just some food for thought for Scat Eater. 
Oh, and uh, and as far as uh, uh, that that transition from uh, uh, from childhood to adulthood, uh, so far the best idea I have come across is once you are able to provide for yourself, uh, is when you should reasonably be considered an adult. Uh, if you have any That's better certainly. ideas, I would love to hear them. Which may be a different time for different people, yes. right? In different circumstances. If you are, for instance, 14 and you want to strike out on your own, well, basically the state is going to prohibit that because mm-hmm. most people aren't interested in hiring you because the state says thou shalt not do X, Y, and Z at age 15 or 14. Right. If you're 16, you can do a little bit more than uh, X, Y, and Z, but not a whole lot more. And then finally, when you turn 18, magically you can do whatever you want anytime you want to do it. And so if those people were able to, as we've seen in so many different stories, you know, start their own well, business or something. Not whatever you want, no alcohol. True. Uh, but if they could, say, start their own business at a young age uh, and not have to ask you know, government whether or not they're allowed to do a thing, then maybe we would see more young entrepreneurs who were able oh, to would be, definitely see, you oh, yeah. know, be more mature at a at a younger age. So again, this comes back to the state essentially holding young people down and holding them back, uh, discouraging them from gaining maturity when they're ready for it, and encouraging uh, encouraging them to stay very childlike for a very very long time, all the way through college. In uh, in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. you've got very childlike individuals who never actually grow up because they're not encouraged to do so i posit that a majority of at least uh, citizens in the united states uh, die before actually accepting self-responsibility let's talk to keith he's in virginia keith you're on free talk live go ahead thank you ian uh regarding the um the app that you mentioned 411 cell 411 cell 411 uh I'd recommend that you contact um, uh, peoplesrights.org mm-hmm. because they actually have an organization that that does a similar thing um, throughout the country. People have signed up for it, and it's neighbors helping neighbors in the way that you described. Yeah, you're and referring fact, to the organization uh, made by, uh, I think it's Ammon Bundy, if I recall correctly. Ammon Bundy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a candidate for governor in Idaho last year. Yeah, longtime uh, listeners will remember the Bundys from the Bundy Ranch situation that happened, I think, more than a decade or maybe about a decade ago. I feel like it was 2013 uh, when that was going down. Uh, and Ammon is one of the sons, if I recall correctly, of Cliven Bundy, who was the rancher at. Uh, in that situation with the Idaho, federal government, Oregon? it was Nevada, I believe Nevada. it was. But then Oregon uh, was a few years later when Ammon, I believe it was Ammon specifically, and some of his friends went into the Malheur Federal Wildlife Refuge and, and kind of took over uh, the refuge peacefully and then kind of occupied that space for a period of, I feel like it was weeks, but yeah. it's been a while since, I think it was since I've reviewed the details on that. The feds ended up shooting to death. Uh, one of his friends, who uh, allegedly did nothing to deserve it, and we talked a lot about that extensively as it was going on here. And then subsequently, Ammon Bundy has run for political office in Idaho, and he launched this People's Rights website some time ago to connect people and neighbors together. Um, have you gotten involved with this, Keith, out in uh, Virginia? Well, I joined it, but apparently... Uh... You know, you have to have, I guess, either 
you, you know, yourself has to organize it or you have to have enough people that some kind of organization happens and you get contacted from it. So in my personal experience where I am, either there aren't, you know, my zip code or whatever, maybe there's not enough mm. people that have signed up. But in some areas, they already do have a lot of people who who have signed up for it and are, um, you know, actively doing things or at least connecting with each other. And I would guess that maybe if people in New Hampshire knew about it, th- there might be uh, a lot of people in New Hampshire that have already joined it. But one of the cases that the successful use of it was in the case, maybe people have heard of the case called Baby Cyrus. Um, that's Ammon Freeman. And by the way, Ammon was incarcerated as well. So was his father mm-hmm. and um, in federal prison and, uh, you know, over these things. And generally and specifically, Ammon Bundy hasn't committed any crimes. People go after him when he stands up in defense of other people and other people's rights. Sure. And um, and so he was actually arrested at a peaceful protest outside of a hospital when the police just walked up and handcuffed cuffed him. And he wasn't doing anything wrong, criminal, bad or anything like that. And so uh, then the hospital ended up suing him and his friend, uh, Diego Rodriguez, who's the father of baby Cyrus. But. I want to for I think at least seven and a half million dollars. I haven't checked. And it. how was it that but the so, uh, people's rights got involved and in, in helped in that situation? Well, what happened was the local people there, uh, where Ammon lived and where Diego lives, lived as well. He's moved, but where Ammon lives in Meridian, Idaho, um, Diego Rodriguez, who's website is freedomman.org so that's the that's where you can see the whole story about baby cyrus um uh ammon bundy's website is Mm peoplesrights.org and when you go to that site you'll see a picture of you know it'll have a pop-up immediately of the parents of baby cyrus and that's um uh melissa uh, marissa is the mother um but she what happened was she missed an appointment for the baby that was having some difficulty keeping, you know, food down as she was transitioning from, you know, weaning them from uh, nursing, breastfeeding to, you know, more, uh, you know, the transition that babies go through into other foods besides just breast milk. And, you know, from time to time he would do fine. And then from time to time he would, not and he would vomit up and so it caused uh him to be a little underweight and maybe not that much and maybe nothing that serious but there was some kind of problem and issue so she was going to the doctor but she was sick one morning not feeling well cold or something like that she called there was a miscommunication or something and by and by as a result of that uh, somebody with the clinic or hospital or whatever decided, oh, you know, I'm going to send CPS and the police after you, mm-hmm. which they did. And they, uh, in in process of it, I guess they knew what was going on. The, the family did, put out the alert. 
and the police got them at a gas station, arrested her sister, claiming she was the mother, the the aunt of the baby, mm-hmm. uh, promised that they weren't they weren't going to separate the mother and the baby, and then got her into to an ambulance, took the baby. Fortunately, so they lied. She got video of that. Mm-hmm. And that's on the website as well. So it's but but the whole thing is that all of uh, you know all these friends and neighbors who were part of that network of freedomsrights.org showed up, and they showed up as well. Uh, Where did they show up to? Peacefully uh, at that gas station. Oh, okay, all right. And during you know at the time the arrest was occurring huh. and the the kidnap the medical kidnapping of the baby was occurring and so what happened continued what was that what happened as a result of them showing up the the well they were able to show up and so except for in uh, and be a witness of it then following that after the police did take the baby and uh they arrested uh, the mother and the daughter or the uh, aunt, but they arrested the mother for not willingly giving the baby up mm. because they weren't going to let the mother go with the baby to the hospital Pathetic. or anything. Wow. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Talking about the Free State Project is just free advertising for the New Hampshire Liberty Migration. Because those people who go exactly the conclusions that, that you were saying, like, mm-hmm. hey, I came to a conservative state. This isn't freedom. This is, When they realize that, they're going to mm-hmm. go, well, we're ca- oh, we can go over here. That's mm-hmm. where I need to be. Yeah, and Texas has this amazing reputation for uh, all these guns everywhere. And no, no, Mm-mm. they have some terrible gun laws. Yeah. New Hampshire does have guns everywhere. Yes. Really does. Yeah, it, it really does. Texas is also the, I believe, according to the Cato Institute study, the Freedom in the 50 State study, is number 49 on the list of personal freedoms. So the Freedom <laughs> in the 50 State study does different breaks. So they got their overall rankings, and Texas is kind of mid pack. Sure. But when you look at personal freedom specifically, Texas is the next to worst state of all 50 states. It's a terrible place if you, you know, value like personal bodily kind of freedoms. They do not value that uh, in Texas. And then this DeSantis psychopath who's now running for uh, president, he's the governor down in Florida. He signed a law recently, and I think we might have talked about it on uh, this show. You know, Saturday night show, yeah. but he signed a law where he traveled to Israel to sign the actual law into law, right? Like to put his signature on it. He went to this place in Israel and he made a big to do about this. It's a law that will essentially criminalize speech. It's essentially a hate crimes law. So if you if you litter in Florida, but you litter in a hateful manner, it will become a felony. How does one litter in a hateful manner? Maybe you were to... Oh, I can uh, figure it out. Oh, uh, they gave actually a specific example of if you put like 
hate literature on people's cars in a parking lot or something like that. Mm. So that would be one example of littering while Liter- being hateful. Literature becomes, or litter becomes short for literature. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one example. And then, you know, the classic example of just committing some other kind of crime, like breaking into a, a store or whatever, and you scrawl some sort of hate thing on the wall or whatever. Oh. And now, now it's a felony if it was a misdemeanor before, or it's an extra five years on. If it was already a felony, it's going to be a, a stronger penalty. Yeah, instead of going after the world's largest criminal, you know, the organization known as government. Right. Yeah. So this is in a quote-unquote conservative state. This particular law was overwhelmingly voted for by the legislature, both Republicans and Democrats, in Florida and sailed right on through with virtually no opposition. There is no one dumber than all of us. Yeah. Like, like the, the, the right way for a large group to make big decisions is by everybody acting individually. Mm-hmm. So all of the like hate speech or hate anything kind of laws, these really are a tremendous step away from like the idea of rule of law, which I mean, that has, you know, flaws, especially in its execution. But like the idea that we have specific laws that you're not supposed to violate can at least be useful. But all of these hate speech ideas. No, it just really comes down to if I don't like it, you can't do it. And honestly, that is an incredible backward movement for civilization. Because if that was the point, that uh, then why bother having a court system? Why bother having laws at all if you're just going to come down to, if we don't like it as a jury, then mm-hmm. you will go to prison for it. I can relate. <laughs> That's what happened in my case. Yeah. Right. Basically. And, and more and more of those cases have been happening uh, globally. Where, you know, it goes to some sort of a trial and then like whatever passes for a jury decides a thing and somehow that becomes law. Yeah. Captain, uh, something not annoying. You recently came out with a EP. Of course, do the kids know what an EP is these days? I suspect not. One of the reasons that I used the term EP is because of that. Because I, it's kind you're of marketing a, only to older people. It's kind of a dead term, right? It used to be <laughs> extended play. Right? LP was for mm-hmm. long, long play, play. and mm-hmm. EP was extended play or something along those lines. It was, uh, which an extension is a lengthening. Yeah. So that's pretty darn confusing. Yeah. Because so, so, isn't the EP shorter than the LP? It it is. Okay. Yes, it is significantly. Yes, yes by a large margin, but longer usually. than a single. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. it used to be there was a single. Think forty five yeah. record. The small one, the song on one side. Yeah. You flip it over. There's one the song B-side. on the other side. Yeah. Right now, that should be called a double. Is what sure. Because a single is one song, but then they had to put something on the other side because mm-hmm. it's a waste of petroleum otherwise. Uh, so the EP was when somebody puts out something like normally an album is like seven or more songs generally speaking yeah it can be it can be a little it could be five but like normally it's seven or more on an album and anything shorter than seven is generally considered an ep now uh weird al yankovic famously came out uh not too long ago said he's never going to do another album yeah why would you want to right? i mean because there's buying cds anymore no one's buying albums anymore so he's right. only going to do singles and i just happened mm-hmm. to like i had these three songs that i've been working on i've been writing they're all from uh, the, the perspective of freedom and, you know, philosophy and voluntarism and, and all that kind of thing. I had a lot of like that kind of emotion in it. And so uh, I decided to use the term EP because it's three songs. Mm-hmm. But I also decided to name it something that no one knows the definition of. Right. And that is the well, word I do now. Eleutheromania. Mm-hmm. Right. And eleutheromania just means the insatiable desire for freedom. 
That's it. Where did you find Sorry. this word? I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. I had stumbled upon it one day on the internet, like looking up other definitions for stuff. I think it might have been when I was working on one of the other songs. It's called Words. Uh, that's the track two off mm-hmm. the EP. It's called Words. Uh, I discovered an article that was all about the most divisive words in the English language, and then I had to go put together a whole bunch more words from different articles, and then I had to sift through them and look up definitions to find out you know, what they mean and how can I make them rhyme and can I make them plural and all this kind of stuff to put them in a song. So I think it was when I was doing my my research for words that I stumbled upon the word Eleutheromania, and I was mm. like, that is a kick-ass word. It is a kick-ass <laughs> word. And, and a kick-ass concept. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I have a three-song EP. It dropped everywhere on July 4th. Uh, I'm sorry, Independence Day. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't mean to use the wrong term. Independence Day is when I it like dropped. to think of it as Secession Day. Mm-hmm. So do many others. Uh, however, it's the secession part that's the important part. Yeah. Right, which yeah, I'm not seeing a lot of except for maybe the movement here in New Hampshire. Yeah, like people Texas just don't think of the on. fact that, that that was when we seceded from an empire, right. which is exactly what we're trying to do here in New Hampshire. Yeah, so uh, so briefly, uh, the three songs, uh, track one is called Contaminated Mindware. This is the concept of uh, public schooling uh, doing the equivalent of installing horrible software on your children's brains, right? Uh, I, got I, the, it. I got the idea from John Taylor Gatto, famous yep. author, look him up. Uh, the second song we just talked about is called Words. It's just literally the words used to divide the most divisive words in the English language. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to put, like, the most... Right, because you have to filter for like rhyming and like how will it syncopate with the sure. beat and all that stuff. But like generally speaking, uh, the, all of the words in there are divide words used to divide people instead of unite people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last song is called "It's Time." Uh, this song was literally inspired by Forkfest and Porkfest. Hey, cool! Like uh, the first year I moved here, I went to Forkfest only. Yeah. Uh, the second year I went to Forkfest and like a couple days of Porkfest, and then. Uh, this last year, I went to both. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last year, I had this idea. It was myself and uh, Mr. Becker. Uh, we were tossing around ideas. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great if during the Pork Fest photo, we could get 3,000 people or however many people attended that year uh, to all go, we will not comply a whole bunch of times. <laughs> and so we did that. Yeah. And, and in fact, Mark Edge helped me like set up microphones. I brought some field oh, wow. recording equipment. I brought a handheld one. I brought some mic stands and a multi-track device, uh, and we set this up in front of the porcupine. That's risky having photo. Mark Ed set up electronic equipment. <laughs> Indeed. That's very true. Out, Fortunately, he takes direction very well. Okay, good. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yes, I, I was uh, listening to the radio, and I oh <coughs> heard it mentioned. Excuse me. That um, you don't smoke cigarettes, <laughs> right? No, I don't know. Sometimes, oh, you know what? We have a, a fire up by the house Ooh. coming down. There's a, a natural fire, so I, that's what I'm coughing up. I see. I see. Okay. Yeah, got it. New Mexico, we got a fire. So, um, anyway, so the Viagra was originally a diabetic medication. Mm. Believe it or not, I was shocked to hear that. Yeah, I remember hearing about uh, that. I don't remember if it was a diabetic thing, but uh, that they were developing something else, and somehow somebody figured out that this thing will do another thing that they hey, didn't look, intend it to a do. Side effect. Yeah. Side Let's effect. make that the effect, shall we? <laughs> right. Because that's yeah. the well, difference then, between effect and okay. side effect is Correct. marketing. The one they advertise. Mm-hmm. It's not a bug. It's a feature. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the what original the original design was to promote blood circulation, and, and therefore apparently it helps it did. diabetes. Yeah, yeah, and it blitz, uh supports the blood uh, down there, you know, for the guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? What made you yeah, uh, but, interested in this, Sarah? Well, you know, I've always been um, looking at like um, diabetes, like I mentioned. Okay. Like twelve point five people just in New Mexico are diabetic. Are you diabetic? So, like, Is that why you're particularly interested? No, I had family. Mm-hmm. My grandmother died from diabetes, kidney okay. failure, and I have diabetes that run in my family. So I've always been looking at natural things. Um, have you been thinking to, about um, taking some Viagra to, to help with your diabetic potential? Well, you know, the, the reason I called is because of the why. People always like, well, why does blood circulation help with diabetes? And that mm. is my question. I cannot answer like, it. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, but uh, well, there has to be some kind of a link. That, what is what um, help with diabetes? Blood circulation. Oh, yeah, uh, blood circulation. Uh, let me see the, if I can remember this one. Um, yeah, so I, I, as I understand, okay. there's the, so there's this uh, uh, balance between your blood sugar and your um, uh, what do they what do the what do they take uh, to Metabolism? insulin? Yes, insulin. So there's your your insulin blood sugar mix, and if it goes uh, too far in one direction, then it has it causes problems for large blood vessels, and if it goes too far in the other direction, then it causes problems for small blood vessels. And with enough problems to small blood vessels, you can end up, say, losing a foot. Yikes. Okay. Okay, so then the blood circulation, like we're back to the Viagra, where it, it circulates the blood, then it saves the small blood vessels that when the sugar drops, that's what you're saying, mm-hmm. right? Right. It helps that. And then they found out that the men's, down there gets kind of got a lot of blood circulation and helps them out. And so that's what the medication is used for now. There you go. We learn something new every day. I bet a lot of people don't know that about about that particular medication. These internet conservatives uh, who want you to believe that they care about freedom are making a big stink online right now uh, in the last couple of weeks since Porcu- uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival wrapped up. And in the weeks running up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, it's, it has not stopped uh, the complaining about the fact that oh, there was, were some wheel people. syndrome completely. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I was there the entire time. I was wandering mm-hmm. around. I was having a great time. Uh, How many naked people did zero. you see? Well, okay. no, that's not true. That's not true. You did see one? I saw several topless people. Okay. At the Free Talk Live sites during... Uh, females. Females, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because uh, most people don't get all upset about topless males. For no. whatever reason, that's not offensive. Yeah. But a topless female, and, and oh my saw, God, hide the children. Saw probably a hundred of those, right? You know, a hundred of out, them. Hot, uh, topless, oh, topless males. males. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Hot out, dudes take their shirts off, yeah. whatever. They're playing frisbee and yeah. throwing the ball to their dog or whatever, right? So, like, there was a bunch of that. No one was hiding their children from the topless no. males, right? And and no one was hiding their children from the topless females either. Oh, well, then I, they must be. Uh, that, that they're abusive, according to these conservatives. Yeah, it's, no, it's uh, this is squeaky wheel syndrome, right? It's people who weren't even there. Uh, there were some who were there that okay, are complaining like, about it, but it's still like it's such a minor portion of the festival, such a minor thing mm-hmm. for anybody to really even be like, ah, 
you know, getting their panties in a bunch about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Like, it well, they're just, acting like it's, it's the biggest thing. It's completely irrelevant. Well, and you'll notice, they didn't get their panties in a bunch during the festival. Right. Mm-hmm. They had better things to do. Great point. But now that the festival's over, now everyone wants to get their panties in a bunch about this. I want to complain. You want to complain. Upon Look at these reflection, shoes. I am upset. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, these are essentially conservatives that are uh, whether they're libertarian conservatives or not these are essentially conservatives that are arguing about this yes. or that, that are arguing against uh, people's liberty to go about without clothing now stop me uh, correct me if i'm wrong snowflake conservative stop me if i'm if i'm if if you've heard this one before so you are being compelled to wear a garment that you do not want to wear Gee, it's almost as if the conservatives were recently being compelled to wear a garment Uh Mm -hmm. over a particular part of their body that they didn't want to wear. And they knew, obviously, the truth of that, this being my body, I get to determine what to put on it. My body, my choice. It was very refreshing to hear the conservatives talking about that during that time frame. And at that time, they they caught a lot of flack if they ever compared it to the article of clothing that was uh, forced upon the Jewish population in Germany during, uh, during the Nazi reign. Now... They caught a lot of the flack yellow star? if they compared the yellow star mm. to the the face mask. Mm-hmm. But here we are again. Mm. When the shoe's on the other foot, they have no problem compelling people by force, by violence, by threat, if necessary, to wear clothing that they want them to yep. wear. And, right. and those of us who are liberty-minded people knew this was the case. Okay, when it was in the midst of COVID and they were having gatherings out at the state house or out in front of the governor's house here in New Hampshire, protests were going on. Yep. When I attended those gatherings, it was very clear that the bulk of the people attending this were like Trump conservative types. Very clear. There were some libertarians who were there, a good chunk were, were libertarians, but uh, but the I would say the bulk of them well, were Trumpers. I would tend to agree with you, but I only say that because people brought signs and yes. stuff like that. So I don't like, was it because there was a bunch of signs and like a few Trump hats that I think the majority well, was, of them Trump were? There Trump flags, there was Trump hats. Right, but, but I didn't people see- People driving by I in Trump trucks. I didn't see libertarians hoisting libertarian flags or wearing, you know, libertarian t-shirts, not in like a I mean, uniform way. You yeah. know what I mean? Not like the Trumpers did. Well, right. Because libertarians are more independently minded and right. less likely to fall underneath some particular right. politician. So I, I'm trying to not allow myself to fall into the, well, it seemed like a majority of the people at X were this way just because they had more signs and bells and stuff. I remember the-, the I spoke with some of them too. Uh, I mean- We went to Concord, one of the first yeah. uh, protests that I went to when, since I moved here. Mm-hmm. And there was the guy driving around in the Trump truck. Yeah. You remember this? This overly oh, yeah. decorated red, white, and blue thing and bells and whistles sure. and a big flag. Flying track, and like, flags, yeah. Like, like, does that mean a majority of the people at the protest were Trumpers? No, it just means no. this one loud guy with a big-ass monster truck Yeah, but if you right, was making a lot of noise. Yeah. Well, if, the, if it serves the narrative to say that it was a bunch of Trumpers, then all of a sudden it was a bunch of Trumpers in exactly well, the same way that having a peace protest, oh, well, that was obviously a bunch of Russians and Russian lovers and mm. Russian agents. But that's my problem with this particular portion of statism. Mm. When, when somebody is 
supporting their candidate or their chosen leader, right? What it does is it gives a false sense of what is to everybody else that observes the mm. thing. So at what could have otherwise been a majority of libertarian people joining a protest is now categorized as a Trumpers protest. Mm. If you're out in a public place and you're all effity, FF, effing, FF, 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 MRFers. The children. Right? Yeah, that's the, these same people <laughs> are going to say that. And like, show me evidence that the cuss words have harmed your children or your property in some way. There isn't any. It's all It's all just. Show me it's, evidence it's, that your kid at age whatever hasn't already heard it. Right. Or said I mean, it right. repeatedly. Come on. Right. I yeah. knew them in third grade in the 1980s, right. and I didn't have the internet back then, right? right? Well, and let me translate that response. Well, you don't have children, so you wouldn't understand. Right. What that means is my reasons are purely emotional. Hmm. They do not have any rationale behind them, which is why I am unable to articulate any yeah. rational argument. Excellent translation. Yeah. And, some and of these... if you had children, you would probably uh, have the same irrational, emotional uh, response to this that I do. I just don't think that would be the case. Yeah, no, there, there's, there's plenty of people in the world right. with children right. who are okay with their children seeing the human form. Like the, uh, the people at this Garden of Eden church. They've got a, a page here that's got some quotes. Here's one from an article at Evocative where they say it wasn't long ago that nudity was accepted in America. The YMCA, apparently, which stands for Young Men's Christian Association, if I recall correctly, used to have mandatory nude swimming because it was supposedly more sanitary that way. Your fathers and or grandfathers might have sw uh, swum nude uh, without a care. Many past presidents and founding fathers swam nude and even enjoyed nude recreation. In biblical times, they say, nudity was common. Many people then only had one set of clothes, which were handmade and expensive. So men and women worked nude. The apostles fished nude. Jesus probably washed their feet nude and was probably crucified nude. Adam and Eve were created by God naked and unashamed, but in one generation, nudity became taboo. How? And I suspect there's a whole article. because Although I do it. disagree well, with the mandatory nude swimming. Well, you didn't have to join the YMCA then. Right. I understand, but like anything mandatory, I just don't like. Okay. Well, it, it was mandatory for their property. Yeah. Which is how things You want to use be. their pool? Yeah. Okay. You take your clothes yeah. off. And, uh, and here's the thing. Look, I, I get it. The, the nudists want to be naked. The anti-nudists don't want anyone naked around. We actually know the solution to this. It's exactly the same solution as all the other things that libertarians disagree about. More freedom for everyone? R well, well, what do Schisms. you do? What do you do with like, well, I think that life begins at conception. Well, I think that life begins at birth. Okay, well, whether someone's a murderer or not is a pretty important distinction. Yeah. We have the solution. We've had it for a really long time. You go over here. We'll go over there. You go over there. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.